This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to The War Room. We've still got an hour left. We'll be breaking some news. Like I said, Stephen K. Bannon, SKB, should be calling in. I think after after Jeff, maybe after Mike Davis, you never know. Whenever he calls, we will pick up. But in the meantime, we do have Jeff Clark joining us. But before we go to him real quick, I just want to let you guys know, you know, we know that Turning Point is a gateway drug to becoming a neo-Nazi, according to Joe Biden and the Department of Homeland Security. But if that doesn't dissuade you from uh, coming to Turning Point events, which it shouldn't, if you would like to come out to Dallas, Texas, June 9th through 11th, myself and, of course, Captain Maureen Bannon will be hosting a breakout session at Turning Point's Young Women's Leadership Summit. They asked if Steve would speak, but uh, he said, well, I don't think I'm a young, a young woman. We don't support that here in the war room, so he won't be speaking. You have to settle for me, not settling for Mo. She's wonderful. Uh, but like I said, June 9th through 11th, Turning Point. Do we have a special link or somewhere that you're supposed to go to? Uh, I guess not. I think it's just TPUSA. I'm sure maybe at some point there will be a promo code. But in the meantime, if you want to meet tpusa.com thank you to my production team for uh for not really helping me out but i digress jeff clark on a more serious note are you going to be speaking at the young women's leadership summit no i don't Uh, i don't think so but (laughs) (laughs) well i'm always open if you'd uh, like uh, yes well, thanks for having me. Get some gender-affirming uh, care, and then maybe you could. Of course. So, <laughs> that, I know you that, want to that talk. I'm going to draw the line. About- <laughs> None of that. <laughs> well, speaking of drawing lines, we got to celebrate victories when we have them. And the Supreme Court has drawn two very nice firm lines in the sand when it comes to the administrative state encroaching on the way that you can live your life. Jeff Clark, if you want to walk us through uh, these two decisions and why they are such wins for us. Sure. So thanks for having me on, Natalie. Uh, Both of these cases are big wins. Before I describe something, look, we get so much bad news, right? We have this massive electric car mandate coming in from EPA. They're going to require this unproven technology, carbon capture and sequestration as a way of driving up your electricity bills. You got them trying to cancel your gas stoves. You have the SEC that's going to require climate disclosures. Everybody's in on the act of of climate hysteria. And our one bulwark is the Supreme Court. So when we have victories in that area, we do have to celebrate them. So we got two of them. And 
Let me cover the first one, which I think is really accessible, which is about the takings clause of the Constitution, the part of the Constitution that says that your property cannot be taken for public use without just compensation. So we're talking about a literal, literal, uh, you know, little old lady, I'm sorry, who's 94 years old in Hennepin County, uh, Minnesota. And she uh, owes, you know, back taxes. And then because they keep stacking on penalties and interest, it builds up to $15,000. She's got a $40,000 home. And what do they do? They come in and they take the home and sell it. And they keep the $25,000 surplus. And they say, nothing to see here. You know, we get to keep this because once we've taken the property, we have absolute title. We're just going to, you know, shoot those funds over to general government purposes, you know, some for education and the like. And so, of course, she challenges this, goes all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, no, that was a taking. Uh, they can, uh, you know, take the money that she uh, owed in the back taxes, but they can't uh, take the full amount and, and steal that from her, essentially. As Chief Justice Roberts wrote for unanimous court, uh, you know, you have to pay unto Caesar uh, you know, what is his due, but no more than his due. And so I think this is a, a good uh, development for the Republic, both because, uh, you know, the takings clause in many ways has been in decline since the start of the Republic, and it's especially been in decline in an area where uh, regulatory agencies like EPA and others impose regulations on you that, you know, radically reduce your property values, and then they try to claim that uh, there's no uh, taking owed. So it's good to see here that there was a pushback on this confiscation of uh, Ms. Tyler's property, and that uh, I think it's going to be a useful precedent to build on for future fights against the, the regulatory state, Natalie. So that's that decision. The second decision involves uh, the Clean Water Act and the whole issue of protecting wetlands and how they're regulated. It turns out that the jurisdiction that EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers, it's a strange regime where both of those agencies have jurisdiction, uh, that they have jurisdiction over the waters of the United States, but there's always been a fight about, well, what does that term mean exactly? I think it really originally was intended to mean the, the navigable waters, but it's expanded past that. But it clearly has to be you know, some kind of uh, traditional water that you would recognize as such, not a damp patch in your backyard, uh, you know, not a, not a vernal pool. Uh, and I have been working on this issue for more than 20 years, going back to like 1999, 2000, before I joined the Justice Department the first time. And there was a case that went to the Supreme Court that was truly ridiculous and caused the Supreme Court to push back on this overregulation. And it involved the uh, Army Corps of Engineers having an interpretation of the Clean Water Act that said, they can regulate your wetlands if a migratory bird lands on the wetlands. So it doesn't have to be a, you know, a, a, a river, a lake, a stream. Uh, it can just be a damp patch. And if migratory birds use it, uh, then there's federal jurisdiction. And you know that was super radical. The Supreme Court struck that down, said that posed serious problems under the Commerce Clause power because it's state and localities that have powers to regulate land generally not the uh, the federal government. The federal government can regulate waters, but not land. And on the Army Corps' interpretation, they basically had converted it into, we can regulate uh, a lot of things that, that Congress never intended. And then I think that, and, they, and the decision, it was a case called Swank, um, invited the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers to uh, fix the statute. 
and so then I, you know, came into the Bush 43 administration. I worked, you know, tirelessly on trying to fix the statute to get something like we got from the Supreme Court yesterday. And, uh, you know, here's a, you know, funny little story. Uh, this environmental group called, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. They called up, oh, Ducks Unlimited. They called up uh, President Bush and they said, don't change this regulatory regime, keep more wetlands in federal jurisdiction. And he pulled the plug on the, uh, on, on the fight. So then the Supreme Court uh, had to weigh in again and they split badly with four justices led by Scalia saying, hey, you cannot regulate uh, wetlands unless you know there, there's something like a traditional waterway involved. And Justice Kennedy was squishier and he said you can regulate wetlands if they have a significant nexus, which is just replicating the weird problem of what exactly is a wetland that you have uh, jurisdiction over. So finally, after a lot of falderall, there's a you know couple who just want to build a home out in California, and there's not a traditional water there. There's just a ditch, and they you know are blocked from from building on their home. And the Supreme Court uh, finally stepped forward, and and seeing that the political branch, the executive branch, wasn't doing the job with the regulations, they came in and they clearly said that uh, EPA was massively overreaching and trying to say that these were wetlands that could block this. Uh, you know, new home uh, uh, for the for the plaintiffs, and uh, you know that that this is a massive victory for the uh, against the uh, administrative state against uh, the deep state, Natalie, because you know it's giving uh, power back to private individuals for uh, control over their own property. So it shares a lot with uh, the Tyler case because that's also uh, saying that if the government does overreach and actually grab your property and sell off the surplus that uh, that's unconstitutional. So those are the two cases. I don't think the administrative state has ever seen a drop of water, an inch of land, a branch of a tree that they haven't wanted to regulate or get involved with. That is, unless it is in East Palestine, Ohio. So before I let you go, if you could give the War Room Posse just a bit of an update on uh, what the latest is uh, with that whole tragedy, the action or inaction that we've seen out of the Biden uh, DOJ on that front. I don't think that I've seen any major developments, Natalie. I think the litigation continues to grind along and, and the uh, Norfolk Southern is facing a, a torrent of private litigation and putative class actions. Uh, they're also facing this, you know, suit uh, from EPA, which, you know, I think there should be much more done for the residents of East Palestine uh, by EPA and by the federal government generally. We still have President Biden, you know, who's uh, on world uh, travel tours, you know, Ireland, Japan, et cetera, but he can't bestir himself to go out and talk to the residents who were injured by a completely stupid decision to do a controlled burn, which was really an uncontrolled burn of vinyl chloride, which creates phosgene gas. He cannot go out there, even after all this time, they keep saying, you know, he might go at some point, but uh, it never seems to wind up on his schedule. It's, uh, it's very sad. And then on the uh, Josh Shapiro front, I'm not seeing any, uh, uh, real movement there in trying to hold uh, Norfolk Southern accountable. So maybe he just had a press conference and now he's dusted his hands of it. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. If people want to find you on social media and stay up to date with some of your 
wonderful writings. You had a great piece. I think it was on the DOJ and where they derive their powers from. How can people find you and, and read all of that over this, this long weekend? Sure. So we are at the Center for Renewing America, which is AmericaRenewing.com. Uh, you can find the paper if you search for DOJ is not independent uh, and uh, the center. Uh, and I am on uh, Twitter and Getter at Jeff Clark US and on Truth Social at uh, Real Jeff Clark. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Natalie. Have a good one. Well, speaking of accountability. It's an important word here in the war room. We want no pandemic amnesty like the Atlantic magazine has pushed now. Really no amnesty for anyone. FBI, DO, all of the departments really, DHS especially, especially uh, Mayorkas. They should all be impeached. Maybe we'll get to check in with MTG on how our impeachment effort is going. But there was an interesting tweet that was put out last night that I think was sort of lost in the cacophony that is... Twitter, that is when they can get their sound system actually working. No shade, Ron DeSantis, or should I say Rob DeSantis. But Jim Jordan tweeted, the FBI wants $500 million for a new headquarters. No way. And do you know what the buried lead is there? They're going to start going after the funding for these institutions, these woke agencies, which is how Congress can actually get these institutions, the leaders, to actually play ball with them and turn over the documents, whether it's the FD-1023 whistleblower form that shows Joe Biden was involved in a pay-for-play scheme or stop suppressing these whistleblowers from the IRS, who, again, are talking about how these crimes go all the way up to the big guy. Make no mistake, that is Joe Biden. Joining me, we got about a minute before we have to go to break, is Mike Davis. I think we have you. Just curious, your thoughts. You're always throwing down on Jim Jordan. What do you think about the idea that they should withhold uh, all this funding from the FBI for a new headquarters? That seems pretty Mike Davis approved. Your thoughts? I think it's great. And remember, Natalie, I've gone from Jim Jordan's uh, most vocal pain in the butt critic on big tech to one of his biggest fans since Jim Jordan subpoenaed Alvin Bragg's office related to the unprecedented indictment of former President Trump up there. So uh, I am fully on board with Jim Jordan right now. I'm on Team Jordan. But I will say about this IRS whistleblower, Natalie, this guy was a 14-year veteran of the IRS. He's a supervisor there. And he came forward with pretty damning evidence that the Justice Department and the IRS is obstructing the probe into Hunter Biden. Hang with us, Mike. I want to come back to you because we got a lot of whistleblowers. There, there's a lot of whistleblowers that we have to keep track of because of Joe Biden's both incompetency, but also his corruption. And make no mistake, there's no incompetency there when it comes to Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings and all the family members profiting from that. We'll be right back. Mike Davis, Steve Bannon, and much more. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. 
Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. We still got Mike Davis with us. He was giving me a bit of a hard time and during the break about my background, but he said he'd give me an Article 3 project background, so it's all good. But speaking about serious matters, like all the whistleblowers that just can't stop coming out because Joe Biden is so corrupt... We have Mike Davis to break down with his brilliant legal mind all of that. So I want to first focus on the IRS. Uh, Gary Shapley, the veteran of the IRS Criminal Investigations Department, not just a member of the War Room Posse, someone who, like you said, had, had been a part of this department for 14 years. He's certainly seen a lot of stuff. He is testifying or at least giving a, a behind closed doors interview uh, today to the House Ways and Means Committee because they have jurisdiction over the IRS. But can you sort of walk us through what the next steps are with this whistleblower, what it sort of looks like? Is this, you know, uh, impending doom for the Biden regime? Um, do you think the American people will get to hear this this man speak? Will there be a hearing? What are you hearing? I mean, I do think that he'll be able to speak. I, he, he has counsel and he's going through the appropriate whistleblower channels, including going to Congress. Uh, he's a 14-year veteran. He was a supervisory IRS agent. And he has evidence that the Justice Department and the senior officials at the IRS obstructed his investigation into Hunter Biden. There's very, It's very clear that Hunter Biden committed tax fraud because he took millions of dollars from Ukraine, from uh, China, from Romania, and all these other foreign places. And he was <clears throat> funneling money to the Biden family. It seems like every family member of, of President Biden got money, except for President Biden's four-year-old granddaughter, who he doesn't claim. So every other sleazeball scumbag Biden has gotten a lot of money. They've gotten very rich off of their corrupt, illegal foreign dealings, including then-Vice President Joe Biden's $5 million bribery scheme. That's another, uh, that's another um, FBI scandal that, that uh, we need to get to the bottom of. But, you know, who knows, Natalie? We've seen repeatedly over the last several years that we have two systems of justice in America. We have one for the ruling elite, and we have one for the rest of us. We saw BLM and Antifa destroy American cities cause billions of dollars in damage. But if you're a grandma who showed up and trespassed and took selfies on the Senate floor on January 6th, you're going to go to prison for a long time. And so 
you know, we, we see the we see the Obamas, we see the Bidens, we see them get away with illegally weaponizing our justice system and our intel communities. And then they go after President Trump for having his presidential records in Mar-a-Lago. So we'll see what happens here. I think that's why this next presidential election is so critically important. Well, I can't let you get away with saying Clinton and not drilling down on that front. I know you guys put out a wonderful press release really detailing how the FBI, I don't even want to call it a dereliction of duty uh, because it's intentional. Um, But can you, before we get into the other whistleblower that you were talking about, that the Oversight Committee is dealing with, specifically the FD-1023 form, James Comer sent a letter (laughs) to FBI Director Chris Wray, which, by the way, I know we always say, where's Hunter, but where is Chris Wray? Can you explain a little bit about the evidence that we gained, in part from the Durham report, but just from other revelations, uh, that really shows the extent that the FBI is willing to go to to run cover for maybe one of the most uh, corrupt dynasties in all of American history. I know Steve's like Steve likes to call her queen of the swamp, um, but for running cover for the Clinton family. Yeah, she's the mummy of the swamp. I, I would say this about the FBI. Remember <laughs> back in 2016, Hillary Clinton, when she was secretary of state, got caught with her illegal home server and it had our nation's most classified secrets, and those secrets were almost certainly hacked by our worst enemies, including Russia and China. And this illegal home server showed evidence of the Clinton Foundation's illegal pay-for-play scheme, where the the Clinton Foundation was taking millions of dollars corruptly from these foreign governments, these foreign entities, while she's Secretary of State, to line the Clinton's pockets to enrich themselves. And so what did Hillary Clinton do when she got caught with her illegal home server and, and Republicans in Congress issued a subpoena? She she destroyed the evidence. She obstructed justice. And so what did the FBI do? You would think that the FBI would say, okay, we're going to charge her with obstruction of justice. We're going to charge her with foreign corruption. We're going to charge her with maybe tax evasion, whatever they're going to charge her with, like you would charge any other normal criminal in the United States. What did the FBI do? The FBI destroyed the remaining evidence. And we saw that in New York Times reporting that the FBI returned or destroyed the evidence. The FBI also colluded with Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016, along with President Obama, Vice President Biden, the Obama Attorney General, the Obama CIA Director, and others to launch the baseless Russian collusion hoax, the crossfire hurricane investigation into Trump to distract from Hillary Clinton, Clinton's troubles in July of 2016. And this led to three years of hobbling of the Trump presidency. And so that's 2016. 2020, the FBI hid evidence of Biden's foreign corruption, the illegal millions that Biden and his family, except for their four-year-old granddaughter that they don't claim, took millions of dollars from China, Ukraine, Romania, other places. The FBI hid this. The FBI hid evidence. You talked about that form, Natalie. The FBI is still hiding evidence that then-Vice President Joe Biden took, it looks like, $5 million uh, when he was the Vice President of the United States and changed American policy. They are corrupt. They are compromised. The Bidens are compromised. President Biden is compromised. And so that's 2016, 2020. What happens in 2024? The FBI does this illegal, unnecessary, unprecedented home raid on former President Trump in the office of former president, congressionally, congressionally funded, heavily protected by the Secret Service to go get 
President Trump's copy of his declassified crossfire hurricane records. So they've in, the FBI has now interfered in three presidential elections, 16, 20, and 2024. And I'm sure many more. And by the way, just flagging for the war room posse, we're obviously talking about Hillary Clinton and, and Bill Clinton. But don't forget, Chelsea Clinton has some interesting new, or I guess old, uh, bedfellows, specifically the World Health Organization and the Gates Foundation. They just launched a new initiative uh, to make sure that basically every kid across the entire world gets every vaccine that Big Pharma thinks they need. I don't know about you, but the Clinton WHO Gates Foundation Axis doesn't sound too good to me. Maybe that's the new evil axis. Mike, I want to hold you through the break. We got a few minutes, but uh, Chairman Comer just sent a letter threatening to proceed with contempt uh, proceedings against FBI Director Chris Ray if he does not comply uh, with turning over, at least letting them see that FD-1023 form that, again, details that pay-for-play corruption involving Joe Biden. The number of the day is, of course, $5 million. That's what he is alleging, uh, the amount of the payment, he being James Comer, uh, to Joe Biden in exchange for whatever this policy decision was. Uh, but if you just want to walk us through, again, sort of the legal framework, the legal background as to what's going on with this whistleblower specifically. Yeah, so here's the problem. The FBI thinks that they're above the law. And frankly, they have been above the law, or they, at least they've acted like they're above the law. And if you, if the FBI, that the FBI cannot claim that they are doing a law enforcement investigation here when they are clearly doing a cover-up. It is the opposite of law enforcement. They are covering up for President Biden. And that is very clear. This whistleblower has gone to Chuck Grassley, my former boss, along with James Comer in the House. And there is clear evidence, according to this whistleblower, according to reports of this whistleblower, that then Vice President Joe Biden took $5 million, maybe from Ukraine and changed American policy. And if there is whistleblower evidence of this in a document that you talked about, Natalie, and the FBI is hiding this and the FBI refuses to turn over this document, uh, that that is impeachable. The House Republicans not only should hold Chris Ray in contempt, they should impeach him. And even if the Senate doesn't have the votes to remove him, make him go through the process, make the process the punishment. Chris Ray was was President Trump's biggest mistake of the of President Trump's first term. President Trump got cornered into appointing Chris Ray. Chris Ray is this protege of James Comey. He's this wealthy Southern Republican puke who is part of this deep state cabal. He's tied in. He's like I said, he is a protege of James Comey. He was James Comey's protege for five years during the Bush 43 administration. This guy is a snake. He needs to go. He's clearly running cover for the Bidens here. He clearly ran cover for the Bidens before the 2020 election. Frankly, the FBI threw the election. I mean, there's no question that there was evidence that the Bidens, that Joe Biden was corrupt, that he took bribes and that he's compromised. And the FBI hid this from the American people. Definitely think FBI director Chris Ray needs to feel the heat. We got about a minute before we have to jump to break. Like I said, I want to hold you. But when Trump is reinstated, when he takes his seat back, his rightful seat in the White House, the first thing that you would tell him to do to actually go against the deep state, what would it be? 
Well, when I'm uh, Trump's acting attorney general during my three week reign <laughs> of terror, Natalie, I will fire and indict as many people as I possibly can before I get chased out of towns. And that the firing would include several top layers of the FBI, the FBI director, the deputy director, the assistant directors, uh, I, the, the counter espionage and counterintelligence components. I would fire people in the national security division. I would clean house in the national security division. They have Senate Democrat staffers right now in the national security division on the Trump team to go out to try to indict Trump with Jack Smith. Of course, I say burn it down. If Norfolk Southern can get away with doing that in East Palestine, why can't we do that here in the swamp? We'll be right back. we got Mike Davis, Wade Miller from the Center for Renewing America, and maybe, depending, you know, his schedule is a little hard to pin down, Stephen K. Bannon will be calling in to make sure we are up to date on all things debt ceiling. But in the meantime, got to go to break. We'll be right back. Friends, it's hard to trust anything anymore. Our most important institutions are being systematically destroyed. Are you prepared for things to get worse? Because true freedom comes from self-reliance. And that means having emergency food on hand. Invest your food foundation with three-month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. That's a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. These kits provide over 2,000 calories per day. For energy during tough times, get breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. The food's delicious. Your whole family will love it. Order yours today and receive receive a free gravity-powered Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system valued at $279 as a bonus. Let me repeat that. You order today. You get a free gravity-powered Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system valued at $279 as a bonus. With this offer, you're securing food and purified water for the next crisis. Your three-month kit and free Alexa Pure Pro are all shipped to your doorstep in discreet boxes with free shipping included. Don't let this emergency food offer from My Patriot Supply pass. Action today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Get your order in and your free gravity-powered Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system valued at $279. Your host, Stephen K. Bann. Welcome back to the War Room. Still Natalie Winters running the show here, but don't worry. Stephen K. Bannon will be back tomorrow, or I guess even tonight at 5 and tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, but in the meantime, we still got a lot of news to break. Mike Davis, I think you're still with us. Before we let you go, I just want you to sort of reset for a second, at least on the front of these investigations. Obviously, we got the debt ceiling going on. The world is on fire. We're entering World War III. Of course, we got a long weekend coming up. But going into this, Jim Jordan, Comer, all of these guys, what would you tell them to have them stay focused and actually have these investigations not turn into Benghazi, Benghazi light, nothing even remotely close to that, but actually get to the bottom of this and turn up evidence that can be used to create criminal referrals, prosecutions, and hopefully very, very, very long jail sentences. I would say uh, do not negotiate with terrorists. These are not good faith actors. I would uh, say to Jordan and Comer, move forward with subpoenas immediately. Subpoena for documents, 
subpoena for staff depositions and the sub, then subpoena for public hearings. Uh, use subpoenas widely. Go after every one of those 51 Intel officials. Go, go after everyone who is uh, dirty on crossfire hurricane, including Obama, including Hillary, including Jake Sullivan, including FBI Director James Comey, former FBI Director uh, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, go after all of them. Issue subpoenas aggressively and constantly and keep the pressure on them. It's a zero-sum game. If Democrats are not on defense, they're on offense. This is lawfare. Use it against them. As Andrew Breitbart said, war. Mike Davis, if people want to stay up to date with you and everything you're working on, where can they find you? Thank you, Natalie. You can go to article3project.org. Article3project.org will take your donations there as well. At article3project, at article3project, or article3project on Getter, Twitter, Truth. And my personal is M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, sir. Well, we're doing a little bit of production on the fly here. We have some clips that we want to play from Russ Vogt's C-SPAN hit. Then we got Wade Miller from the Center for Renewing America. And I think we will have Stephen K. Bannon calling in shortly. But in the meantime, we're going to start with Russ Vogt's C-SPAN, wonderful C-SPAN appearance this morning. If we want to play that Denver, we can go ahead. We are in a position where we are, not because of what I've done, but because of what the members of Congress, the House conservatives have done. They're the statesmen. They're the ones in the arena. Uh, our center puts out good ideas. Uh, we try to uh, inform the art of the possible. We try to explain when we think there's a bad deal on the table. Uh, but the members are making this happen. And, and you know, they've been shown tremendous uh, statesmanship in, in between January and now to be in a position where there's massive leverage. June 1st is not a real deadline. On, the, on June 2nd, there will be still the same ability to pay interest and principal on the debt. And what I mean by that is revenues are coming into the Treasury. Those revenues are more than enough that's necessary to pay that. The issue that they have is that the revenues are not enough to pay for the federal government spending on the rate of all of the obligations that have been made. And so now you have a question about timely payment of some grant at the Department of Health and Human Service. So I think the point is, no, this is a fake deadline that they have bought into. But one of the reasons why I'm so concerned about the parameters of what's being discussed is because it's almost worse than a clean debt limit, because they're going to say these are the spending levels that we are going to put into place. And once Washington, D.C. has that that consensus about where the appropriations process is, no matter where the House wants to be, they're not going to be any lower than those caps. And so this almost prejudges the appropriations process later in the year in such a way that it's in some respects worse than a clean debt limit because a clean debt limit would not have done that. Seems like the cartel is up to their old dirty tricks. But you know what's different this time? The War Room Posse. You guys are going to hold the line, not only because you're leading the creditors committee, as Steve always says, because you guys understand what's at stake here, and thanks to the work of people like Russ Vote, we have the inside baseball. So we know thy enemy. 
That's exactly what we're going to do with Wade Miller joining me now from the Center for Renewing America. That's Russ Votes wonderful group. And Steve will be calling in shortly. Um, but Wade, if you sort of want to expand on what exactly Russ was talking about and give us any more uh, inside baseball, any more scoops that you have about what the latest is with these negotiations on the Hill, I'd appreciate that. Sure. So to back up a little bit, you know, the deal that we made in, in January not we, that Congress made, conservatives in Congress made with the Speaker of the House, is essentially a coalition-style government where conservatives have a lot of sway over the rules package and then their uh, uh, rules committee. And there were a lot of agreements that were made, one of them being that spending would be at fiscal year 22 levels. So now you have Patrick McHenry, a lieutenant of uh, Speaker McCarthy out there making a deal with Democrats. And let me just say that you know, putting Patrick McHenry in charge of negotiating a deal on behalf of Republicans is like asking a Labrador retriever puppy to guard stakes. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to be a good deal. The mission isn't going to be accomplished. Uh, the reason that the coalition-style government was working is because you had conservatives working directly with McCarthy to basically forge paths forward, and that ensured uh, unity within the party. And so what we're seeing now, or at least what is being publicly reported, you know, we'll have to see the fine details, is that they are massively departing from what the House bill that was already passed would accomplish. It's it's uh, uh, much lower uh, spending reductions that to almost negligible uh, intent in a way that hamstrings the appropriations process. The caps will be a much shorter period of time, not 10 years, but potentially two years, and potentially over both the military, uh, the DOD side of things and the non-defense discretionary, which gets us into a dynamic where in previous con uh, Congresses, that's led to the dissolution of these uh, uh, deals because neither sides really want those constraints and they always find an off-ramp. And so we're, we're, we're basically putting in poison pills that down the road will just self-destruct these types of, of deals. A lot of the specific uh, uh, components of the, the House bill are being jettisoned out or super weakened, like much lower reductions to IRS spending or that money is not really being reduced, it's just being shuffled around. And at the end of the day, Speaker McCarthy has to make a decision. He has to make a decision as to whether he wants to have a coalition style government with conservatives to reflect a conservative Republican platform agenda, or if he wants to have a coalition-style government with Hakeem Jeffries and advanced a lukewarm, business-as-usual DC swamp uh, level of, of, of you know, governing. And, and at the crux here is you have moderate Republicans you know, just squealing that Democrats will never accept this type of a deal. If that's your poker face, you've already lost. We have got to be of the mindset that the Democrats will think that there's no way we would ever vote to allow for spending that will fund the Department of Critical Race Theory, which is the Department of Education, and all of these other departments that are fundamentally targeting the rights and, and, and the day-to-day -day lives of American citizens through woke and weaponized bureaucracy. If this deal doesn't fundamentally take a meat cleaver to that problem, then this is just DC as usual. And then what you will have is you will have Speaker McCarthy slowly shifting from potentially a his, an historic speaker to a run-of-the-mill swamp leadership that no one will remember in 10 or 15 years, no one will remember in the history books. And I just can't imagine that that's actually the legacy that, that McCarthy actually wants. And, I, and so I would urge those that are in, in these discussions to quickly pivot back to having a discussion with conservatives if a deal is to be made, it should be made in conjunction with conservatives, and there could be a deal to be made. But that's up to 
leadership and the conservative caucus that cut this coalition style government. And if we don't have warriors like Dan Bishop and Andrew Clyde and Lauren Boeber and Chip Roy and you know on and on and on, Bob Good, I could go on and on and on. If they're not a part of these conversations, then I think that conservatives in, in that faction need to take a hard look at the leverage they have. And I think that they could start making life really difficult for, for McCarthy through the Rules Committee, through other leverage points. And things really go bad. I think that potentially vacate a motion could be on the table. And look, McCarthy may be able to make a deal with Democrats to save him on that front for a few weeks. But we're going to be getting into primary season. And I just don't think that Democrats are going to toe the line and protect McCarthy. And so if McCarthy wants to protect his speakership here, he needs to make a really good deal. He needs to work with conservatives. And he needs to understand that there's no deal he can make with the left that's going to last the, 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 the test of time. Conservatives will stay on the hunt here, and they're going to fight for their constituents. They're going to fight for America. And that's exactly what the War Room Posse is going to do as well, thankfully. When Democrats say Republicans are so radical that we're just going to defund, destroy and burn to the ground all these institutions, I, I I always joke, I wish we were the Republican Party that Democrats painted us to be. I wish we were the Republican Party that would defund the FBI, go after the DHS for these woke and weaponized misinformation tracking programs that they're spewing out, it seems. There's a new one every single day. But I want to drill down because in in this show, on this show, we like to make people famous. We like to call out names. You're talking about, of course, you know, these moderate Republicans, the squishes who have no backbones. Uh, they're rhinos. I'm sure the, the audience has some interesting feelings about these people. We, we know who they are for the most part. But do you have any scoops or any idea of who exactly these members are uh, that aren't holding the line? Uh, Primarily so the Warren Posse can light up their phone lines. Again, the number is 202-225-3121. But wait, do you have any insight um, onto who is, is really not holding the line right now? Mainly what's being publicly reported. Uh, that's, that's what I'm leaning on heavily right now. Uh, unlike the establishment, conservatives who are in the know on the Hill actually honor their word and they don't leak to the press. Uh, so everything that we're getting right now is information that's being leaked to the press from leadership circles. And so, you know, the, the, it's publicly well known that McCarthy is essentially in charge and that uh, he's tasking out Patrick McHenry with kind of fine tuning the details here. So I think that, you know, people, if they're having questions, those are the two people right now. There's certainly probably others. Uh, but the good news is that conservatives are holding strong. I have every faith uh, in, in uh, a lot of our good conservatives that they have the leverage here to actually stand up and and uh, make sure that uh, the direction that this Congress takes is is what's in the best interest interest of Americans. And they have the leverage to do that. I mean, look, if if Patrick McHenry and Speaker McCarthy uh, cut a really bad deal here, the first question should be, well, how are you going to get it through this, the 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 uh, rules committee? You know. Uh, we've got a lot of leverage there to stop it. And if this isn't a bill that our rules committee members agree with or th think is strong enough, then they have the ability to stop it. So that's the first hurdle. Uh, and then the second hurdle, of course, is if, you know, if, if there drastic steps are taken by the speaker to go around that safeguard, there's other leverage points here that conservatives could use. And I think that it's in the best interest of everyone to keep the GOP coalition together and, and moving in the same direction and not being essentially at war with one another through the rest of this uh, of this Congress uh, over uh, essentially what leadership should already be doing, which is defending Americans to this debt ceiling deal. We're not on the verge of default. Uh, 
We've got all the leverage in the world. The question that every single Republican member of Congress should be asking is, do Democrats actually think that we're going to fund the woke and weaponized bureaucracies that are targeting America? And the answer to that question should be no. And Democrats should know that. And if they stand strong on that, Democrats will cave and they will agree to a pretty strong deal because they'll have no other choice. But if we go into this with a really weak uh, poker face, then we're going to get rolled and conservatives are going to have to do what they need to do. Wade, hang with us through the break. I want you to stay. I think we're going to have Steve joining us after. But make sure during this break, 202-225-3121. Make sure you make your representatives hold the line. We'll be right back with Steve, Wade, and all things debt ceiling. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Because EnviroCleanse, advanced mineral technology, goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness-causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. On taxes. In Congress, Ron DeSantis pushed a 23% national sales tax, where the middle class pays more. 90% of families would get a tax hike if DeSantis replaced the current system. President Trump cut taxes a lot, lowering tax rates for everyone. Trump cut taxes. DeSantis tried to raise them. Ron DeSantis, wrong on tax hikes, just not ready. Make America Great Again, Inc. is responsible for the content of this advertising. Hello, I'm Steve Stern, CEO of Flagshirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit flagshirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Welcome back to The War Room. It's Natalie Winters. And just here to give a warning to Patrick McHenry and all of his fellow spineless rhino Republicans. That six seconds of fame that you think you're going to get on MSNBC and the John, from the John McCains of the world, 
that's going to pale in comparison to the wrath of fire and fury that you're going to get from the war room posse, not just on your phone lines, but leading into 2024. Can you say primary? Because I think the war room posse can. Speaking of fire and fury, we have someone who breathes that every day. Stephen K. Bannon joining us right now uh, to give us his thoughts on the latest with the debt ceiling, frankly, debacle that we see unfolding. Steve, what say you? Uh, by the way, Natalie, great show today. I really, I really enjoyed it. It's amazing guests, and this show's been on fire. Real quickly, the best segment. I want the team to cut that that opening with uh, with Russ on C-SPAN, and then Wade Wade Miller just gave you the. Be- you could not be sitting in Washington D.C. as a big time lobbyist and get a better eight minute briefing than what Wade gave you on exactly what's happening behind the scenes. Look, it's very important. This audience is what got us here. You are the activist. You're the tip of the spear for the MAGA movement, you need to call not just 202-225-3121, but also call your local representative's office. They're all coming back for the weekend. In fact, one of the things they want to do is get them out of town. You have to reinforce, and we need members. you got to tell them we need members going on Twitter, doing radio shows, getting out. I understand a lot of things are shut down, particularly in media, over the weekend. But we got to go on social media. We'll be up on Getter. I may be actually doing some Getter Lives over the weekend on this. We have to get the word out. Wade's analysis is perfect. The only thing I would add is, to me, this is the key point. They're trying to kick this deal, not to a one-year deal, which we demand, so it's in the middle of the presidential election, but for, it will come due next uh, you know, April or May. They want to kick it into 2025, into, right after the inauguration. A two-year deal gets them all off the hook, doesn't put this as the central issue of next year's presidential candidate, you know, the race, which it has to be. This deal, this is the typical thing. Look, not only do we have all the leverage, 100%, not only is it phony, and every number we see shows how they've lied and misrepresented that it was going to be June 1st. In addition, the polling, the two-thirds to 75% of the American people support what we say. No debt ceiling raise without significant budget cuts, or some people just say, hey, put it in default. 75% of the people in the CNN poll, 45% of Democrats. This shows you what we've been fighting, the populist nationalist wing, which is 80%, is fighting this old rhino. This is traditional Republican-controlled opposition. It's, a, it's like abused spouses. They, they, you know, it's abused spouse syndrome. They just cave at the first moment. They cave at the first moment. This is an off-ramp they're looking for to cut a deal, to have MSNBC and the New York Times say how statesmanlike they are, and then turn on immediately. The weight is exactly right. If we created this, you might as well let them have a discharge petition and own the whole thing, interest rates will explode. So this is absolutely awful. You've got to call today. You've got to man the ramparts. Make sure if there's any opportunity to go up to your uh, representative over the weekend and tell them, get on social media, do local radio, but just tell McCarthy, this thing is not going to pass. It's not going to get our rules. You're going to end your speakership. If we don't end it immediately, we'll get you eventually. And by eventually, I mean like in 30 or 45 days. So we got to we got to hit them with fire. That's all they understand. And uh, I'll turn you back over. Wade did a fantastic job. Natalie, great show, uh, just fantastic, and looking forward to uh, Peter Navarro tonight. Thanks for having me. Thank you so, so much. much. I should be saying thank you for, for having me. <laughs> thank you, Steve. Wait, I think we still got you. So people are going to call once the show ends, 202-225-3121. We got about three minutes until the end of show. Wait, what is the pitch that they should give their representative succinctly? Um, what should they be saying? 
I think that if you're an average American right of center activist, you've got to look at this and you've got to send the signal of hold the line. Look at the current deal uh, and insist that uh, Speaker McCarthy work on this deal with conservatives. And if the conservative wing, specifically the 20 who negotiated uh, the, the current coalition uh, uh, power sharing agreement, if they all agree that, the, that, that a deal can be cut here, then we're all ears. And, and let's take a look at it. And, and, and if, you know, the likes of Ralph Norman and uh, Andy Biggs and some other uh, warriors, if, if we have enough of them on board with it, then we're probably going to support it, too. Uh, and, and, and so I think that the, the question that they need to ask or the, the, the statement they need to make is hold the line. No reason to negotiate with the left. We're nowhere near a default right now. We have the power of the purse and their job is to go to D.C. to defend us and to defend our children's future. And what is being negotiated right now is kicking the can down the road once again. And that has got to stop if the GOP or, frankly, conservatism in America is to have a future. We've got to put an end to it now. No, this this is the thing itself, as Steve would say. We've got about a minute before I have to let you go. Just curious, have we heard anything from from the Biden side of things, from Janet Yellen on this, you know, alleged June first deadline, or are they still just uh, pleading the fifth, basically? No, there's there's actually some movement there where they're essentially admitting that we are right when we said June first is not the deadline. They're now pushing it back to like June fifteenth. Of course, that's not actually the deadline either. And we've, you know, they've started to release guidance on how to prioritize payments on interest and principal, uh, which we've been saying the whole time uh, that that's that that's the case. And you can actually enough money comes in on a daily and monthly basis to where you can prioritize that. So June 14th is nowhere near the actual default either. What they're trying to do is put up arbitrary deadlines to scare Republicans. And essentially, it's working. And so, like, we should not have Speaker McCarthy rewarding what the Biden administration has been trying to do to derail GOP efforts. We should be pushing back and and standing firm. And holding the line. Wait, if people want to follow you over the weekend to get the latest, where can they find you and everything that Russ is working on? Uh, AmericaRenewing.com. That's AmericaRenewing.com. And, of course, Russ Vogt is uh, Russ, uh, V-O-U-G-H-T. Uh, and I'm uh, at Wade Miller underscore USMC. Thank you so much. And thank you, War Room Posse. We will be back tonight at 5 p.m. with Peter Navarro. Have a good one. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. 
Go there. Do it today. Check it out.